Hey everyone, welcome back to Today in Tech. I'm Julia Beauchamp and I'm here with CSO senior writer J.M. Porup. You might be working from home, but that doesn't mean that security threats have stopped. Stick around. All right, Jan, thank you so much for joining us remotely. I know it's a little bit different how we're shooting this, so I really appreciate your patience and that you're calling in to discuss hackers. Hackers are not taking a break, even though we're all working from home, right? Thank you for having me, Juliet. That's very much the case. Uh, you know, I'm hunkered down here in my basement with my Mad Max gloves, you know, uh, surrounded by piles of ammunition and toilet paper. I feel like I'm ready for the apocalypse now, uh, but your enterprise may not be. Um, uh, while many of us do work from home, um, uh, there are huge numbers of employees whose roles were never intended to be remote are now being sent home without any significant planning by IT departments before doing so. And that's creating um, uh, some serious security issues that, that need to be addressed. Um, you know, I've spoken with people who, who tell me, you know, our office is hundreds of desktop computers, and they said, go home, and they didn't give us a laptop, and they said, just use your personal computer. Don't use a VPN. We don't have one set up yet. Um, and, well, it, under the conditions of the pandemic, the, these measures, you know, may well be the correct ones. They do have uh, significant cybersecurity consequences that um, organizations need to be addressing sooner rather than later. Right. I would have to imagine that the sort of million dollar question here is how do you transition a usually completely in office workforce to a completely remote workforce? And how do you do that securely? I would imagine it's really difficult and that perhaps a lot of enterprises just may not have the tools to do so because they didn't they weren't necessarily planning like for this. I mean, who plans for a pandemic? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, oh. Hopefully the CDC, but certainly not a regular organization. Um, I, I, one could argue that a business continuity plan and, and disaster recovery plan should include some thought on pandemic, just as they do for hurricane, flood, fire, earthquake, so forth and so on. Um, but uh, the, the main thing here is that um, organizations of any significant size tend to use MDM, mobile device management software, on employee laptops and phones to ensure that employees are following policies and procedures. One might imagine there is certain content uh, employers don't want to see their employers accessing at work. I leave that to your imagination. Uh, you know, we, we don't want to see, um, you know, if an employee leaves their laptop in a cafe or a subway, these things happen all the time. The ability to remotely wipe that, that data, that sensitive uh, organizational data is also important. Uh, as is ensuring that there is appropriate hard disk encryption applied on those laptops for just that circumstance. But telling employees, uh, you know, go home, access the sensitive corporate data using your teenage daughter's laptop that's full of everything under the sun and probably full of malware, which is then going to be used to you know, access your corporate network, is uh, maybe sufficient for one or two weeks in a, in a you know, the genuine emergency we're in right now. But that needs to change as soon as is reasonably possible, um, or there's going to be a rash of ransomware attacks in about two or three months from now. Yeah, I want to know how this is going to become a potential hacker's field day. You now have this just huge, huge groups of people who, like I said, were ne maybe never supposed to work from home, have never worked from home before, that are now 
have a mandated work from home policy. So how are hackers going to use that to their advantage? Well, I mean, I think that what enterprises need to do is focus on getting the basics right. I see a lot of high-priced vendors saying, just use our solution, you're going to be fine. But, uh, you know, our, our employees using password managers with unique, long, strong passwords for every site is uh, two-factor authentication turned on for all of the organizational uh, uh, authentication needs, preferably a U2F token like a YubiKey. Um, you know, is there a uh, a mandatory VPN into the corporate network in order to access uh, corporate resources? For instance, I'm hearing a lot of anecdotal evidence and and data showing that the number of, of remote desktop protocol RDP services now available uh, directly to the internet has mushroomed in the last two, three weeks. Uh, what is RDP? Why would you use it? Uh, let's say um, you've got um, Joan in accounting and sitting on her desk for the last 15 years is the dust covered Windows XP box, not patched, no longer patchable, completely insecure, running a desktop accounting software they use for reconciliation every end of quarter. Uh, this is just an example, but these kinds of scenarios exist across all legacy organizations. But all of a sudden, it's end of quarter, and Joan needs to do reconciliation. So IT says, we're going to punch a hole through the firewall, let you, you know, RDP directly into that ancient, unpatched, insecure box so you can do your job. And like in an ideal world, that may be necessary, but you want to go through the VPN to the corporate network and then access RDP. Because if you let Joan at home from her kid's laptop access that RDP service, so can anybody on the entire planet. Um, right. So thinking, thinking carefully about how you, you know, give employees access to, to the resources they need to do their jobs becomes, you know, an important and, and serious question. And I would also imagine that a lot of organizations perhaps don't have the budget to sort of come up with all of this cash to deploy all of these solutions. So what is the general advice that you can give for an enterprise that perhaps just doesn't have the cash on hand to suddenly deploy tons of different remote networking and remote work options? Well, I'm not an economist. I'm a cybersecurity expert. And, and, and we're hearing people say we're, we're staring down the barrel of a depression worse than the Great Depression. So in terms of the macroeconomics of how do businesses not go bankrupt, that is a question well beyond the scope of our conversation or my ability to have an informed opinion. Uh, but, you know, like the general principle uh, holds and has always held in cybersecurity, security exists to support the needs of the business, not the other way around. And if uh, security leadership uh, very carefully and emphatically uh, explains to the, the decision makers what the situation is and what the risks they are running are, then ultimately the buck stops with the CEO and the board. If the CEO and the board say, you know, if we spend money on security, we're going to go out of business, then that does not make sense because the first security threat is going out of business. If you have no business, there is nothing left to secure. There are no employees. There are no clients. There is, you know, nothing. So, so security is always a question of trade-offs in terms of the needs of the organization, whether that's a for-profit business or the government or an NGO or what have you. They all have their missions and security exists to support that mission. Got it. 
So I want to touch briefly on something, another, a piece that you wrote perhaps a few days ago, maybe a week ago now, um, depending on when we get this video actually up. But I want to talk a little bit about security teams in particular. So you wrote this really interesting piece about sort of building redundancy into your security team. And I feel like we hear it all the time that you want to build redundancy into your security networks. But I don't know if people often think about it as the physical people, members of the team. And it's a really interesting point. I mean, we have this, first of all, this mandated work from home policy, and second of all, a serious public health threat that if someone on your team gets sick and they can't work, that could be a huge security concern. Yeah, uh, it's it, it, a bit grim, a bit gruesome to think, think about, but nevertheless, uh, a, a real thing. Um, you know, uh, there is a massive cybersecurity skills shortage. The, um, you know, employment rate in the field is, is famously less than zero. Uh, you know, millions of jobs uh, being advertised going unfilled. Um, and uh, what that means is that um, most organizations are understaffed. Not all, but, but most are understaffed. And what that means is you have stressed out, overworked, although highly paid cybersecurity professionals who have to get the job done with a limited amount of time and sometimes a limited amount of money. And, uh, you know, IT people, I, I worked in IT for a long time. We are famously idiosyncratic in our solutions. And then we keep our own little solution in that text file on our desktop. We forget to put it in the binder where everybody else needs to see it. And then, you know, when I wind up on a ventilator, nobody knows how to make the thing that goes bing go bing because I, I, that was not documented. Um, and uh, especially with security teams, which can often be, you know, a, a, a smallish number of people, ensuring that everybody knows how things work and that there's a redundancy and authentication. You know, if only one person holds the keys to the kingdom and that person, you know, gets hit by a car, uh, gets sick, uh, what have you, then that can cause, you know, a, a very serious issue for an organization. Uh, and this is good practice, not just for pandemics. Like, you know, uh, in terms of fraud prevention, it's it, uh, mandatory holidays are very common. You must take a week off and somebody else is going to do your job. This is an excellent way to, 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 to catch uh, people doing things they shouldn't be doing uh, inside an organization. So looking at job redundancy, job rotation, job shadowing, insecurity is always a great idea anyway. Uh, because, you know, even in the best of times, job churn in this field is huge. That amazing employee you hire just bounced for a 50% pay rise 12 months later. Well, what about their work? What are the processes? What are the procedures? Where are the passwords? Where are the hardware tokens? You know, ensuring that individuals do not um, commandeer job descriptions is an important part of risk management. That's a good point. And I would also imagine that if you don't have that sort of redundancy built into your security team, that it's sort of another example of how your organization could be potentially very attractive to hackers. Yeah, you know, I mean, you need to have more than one guard at the door mm -hmm. uh, to not a great metaphor, but you get what I mean. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. So before I let you go, JM, I just want to touch on one more time, just sort of a roundup of, I want to know the specific tools, the specific security tools that employers should make sure that their employees have access to, if possible, um, to really protect their enterprise from a hacker when everyone's working from home. Because I would also imagine that and this is a conversation for another time, but having secure home networks could also be an issue. But let's say Let's leave that home network conversation for another time. And what tools can employers deploy now if they have the means? 
So, so the, the most important thing to do uh, if there are resources is to ensure employees have work issued laptops with MDM ins installed properly to enforce policies and procedures and to ensure that employees are accessing the corporate network using a corporate provided VPN and not a private third party VPN. An enterprise needs to own their VPN and they, and they need to make sure their employees working remotely have uh, MDM on work issued laptops. Um, even the be best resources uh, organizations right now can't make that claim. And that is sort of the, the, the you know, the holy grail that we're looking for. You know, um, people who travel for work, uh, you know, are supported by IT as road warriors. They, traveling salespeople, executives, they've got the remote laptops with all the bells and whistles because their job description requires it. If you're a traveling employee, you, then you have to have a traveling laptop. This is, you know, QED. Um, and uh, uh, it may be that, uh, you know, going forward, enterprises need to think more and more about employees as potentially uh, dispersible uh, and, and able to work from home on limited notice. Because, again, I'm not an epidemiologist, but I'm hearing news. This could be the first wave of multiple waves of COVID pandemic. So we could be on and off this sort of, you know, work cycle for the next multiple years. Now, uh, assuming you don't go to business, how do you how how do you remain flexible enough to say on forty eight hours notice everyone works from home again? Like you know, enterprises need to not just think about today and next week. What about six months from now, twelve months from now, when there's another pandemic alert and we have to do this all over again? So, so thinking about that infrastructure and building flexibility and mobility into infrastructure, I think, is going to be key moving forward. Right. Moving forward, I feel like there could be a lot of lessons to learn um, for just future any sort of disaster planning. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, having a, a, a solid business continuity and disaster re recovery plan with regular tabletop exercises is something most uh, security departments know they have to do and do do. I think most have been blindsided by uh, the risk of a pandemic because we haven't had one in basically anyone's lifetime. Whereas, you know, hurricanes, earthquakes, fires, floods, they happen, you know, with it seems increasingly regularity. So, uh, you know, we've, we've, I think we've gone a little bit uh, uh, numb to, to uh, the risk that we now face. Sure. Well, thank you so much, JM. This is a really interesting insights and I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure, Julia. Thank you for having me. And thank you all so much for watching this episode of Today in Tech. If you liked this video, be sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. If you have any questions about best security practices for your employees, be sure to leave a comment below. I'll get back to you or I'll get back to you on JM's behalf with those answers. Thanks again for watching and see you next time. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.